Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. This is your boy, DJ Benjamin, alongside my co-host. Your girl, Tatiana King-Jones. And we have a very, very special episode of Fan Bros for you today. This time we are bringing you two of the biggest directors in the industry working right now, the cousins themselves, Spike Lee and Malcolm D. Lee, directors of Old Boy and The Best Man Holiday, respectively. But hey, before I do that, you know what I got to announce? That's right, fan bros. Make sure you visit dmidroll.com slash survey slash bros and fill out our survey for us. We need your help. We need your love. We need to know what you're thinking and doing out there. So hit us up at dmidroll.com slash survey slash bros. And as always, you can visit us at fanbros.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at DJ Ben Amin. Hit Tatiana King Jones up at? At Tatiana King. That's right. Our maiden name. <laughs> and with no further ado, we're going to bring you this interview. Enjoy. And we are joined in the studio today by, I mean, biggest movie of the weekend, Best move, one of the best movies of the year. Director, the one and only Malcolm D. Lee. How you doing, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me. All right, all right, all right, all right. Respect, 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 respect. Thank you for joining us, sir. How you doing, man? My pleasure. I'm great. Been a good week. Been a crazy week. Yeah, you know, (laughs) roller coaster ride a little bit, right? Just like the movie. A lot of drama. Yeah, you know, not. I mean, listen, I've been, I've been reading some of the things that people have been saying and. I think it's great, you know. It's all it's all fuels and the, the the movie and people talking about the movie, so it's good. I mean, and and the great news is that you know on social networks, everyone that has seen the movie, or I would say ninety percent of the people that have seen the movie, really enjoyed it and really are mm-hmm. you know big, bigging it up. So I'm I'm very very gratified. On that note, um, I think the sequel might even be better than the original, man. Well, that was certainly thank you. That was certainly my intention. You know, if you're gonna bring back these group of actors, uh, 14 years later, you're gonna wait that long. You better be at least as good, if not better. And I thought that we would be just because, by the virtue of the fact, we all had much more experience. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're better actors, and they were great then. I'm a better writer and better director now. So, you know, it, it logically it makes sense that it would be better. Now, are we gonna have to wait for the best man retirement party for the third one? <laughs> the third best man, <laughs> best man nursing home. Best, best man, everybody's dead and yeah, the kids are grown. Everybody dies. <laughs> best double man, double the wait dies. thirty years later. No, you know, look. I, I mean, if they're they're the fans want to see a, a sequel, mm-hmm. they'll demonstrate it with you know coming out and supporting this movie even more than they did last weekend. Yep. And uh, you know, it will not take fourteen years. Okay. Somewhere between two and fourteen years. Somewhere between Somewhere two between and 14. <laughs> that narrows it down yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Good round number yeah, right sure. there. All right. So, obviously, I know you've run into this question a lot. The whole USA Today issue about um, the their kind of clumsy, messy quote about, oh, um, Best Man Holiday beats Thor as, you know, a racial theme, racially themed movie. What is your take on that? It's lazy journalism. Thank you. Um, I think, but you know, they're not alone. You know, I think that people who are who are who are saying that we overperformed, uh, underestimated. You know what the fans of this movie really 
um, loved. I mean, it was certainly about the, the first movie. And I think that, you know, there was this, this all this talk, you know, even in the New York Times before the movie came out, you know, they, they described it as an urban comedy of manners. This is a movie that takes place in the suburbs in a mansion. 75% right, of it. Okay. Right. I don't know what's urban about that. You know, so somebody tell me what that is. If New York Times, please explain that to me. That would be, be good to know. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's clumsy. See, because, you know, it's all this thing. Like, I don't mind being called a black filmmaker. I, I'm black. I make films. So that makes sense. But that is not a genre of movies, black okay. movies. No. You know, this movie is a romantic comedy. It has, race is probably the 20th thing that it's about. You know, there's a, there's a number of other descriptors that could, you know, that they're right in the title. A holiday movie, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, a movie about friendship, a movie about friends, a romantic comedy, a dramedy. There's so many things you could call it before you can call it a race-themed movie. movie. Right, and and that kind of leads into what I was talking to Ben I mean about earlier because when I re- read all these headlines, I saw a lot of stuff like surprising and, you know, shocking. First of all, why is that surprising and shocking that everyone, black people, all types of people want to see a movie that happens to be an all-black ensemble, but you're talking about the same things that anybody goes through. You're talking about life experiences. You're talking about relationships. You're talking about ups and downs. You know, regular human life. Exactly. So, and I don't get that. Like, I don't get the, the... What are you so surprised about? You know, I I think, you know, the surprise is... I mean, listen, I understand. Even even me, I was a little surprised that we got, we got to 30. I thought, you know, in my wildest dreams, that's like... Maybe we could beat Thor, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. but but we would have people would have to show up in droves and they did. Mm-hmm. They really came out. So but, you know, the the, the notion that, you know, we were going to be mid teens. And, and I know that was a lot of it was from the studio. But, you know, that that was the prognostication of, of a lot of people. It? Yeah, they did. But that 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 understand that from the from the studio, because mm-hmm. um, you don't want to, you know, tell your bosses that, you know, oh, it's going to be too, you know, so <laughs> we're going to make this. And it's like, oh, somebody's heads on chopping block. But no, it's it was more about, you know, the the, the, the idea that we're, we're undervalued anyway, you right. know, as as as, uh, you know, black filmmakers or, or, or films that, that that have a majority African-American cast. I mean, there's this this there was a notion that, you know, because Martin Scorsese's Wolf of Wall Street moved off of our date. The rap had this thing in there about, hey, why isn't another studio putting a big movie on this date? Wow. You know, wh- oh, as if this doesn't matter. No, yeah. Well, I mean, it matters, but it's a little urban movie. You know, here's a little black movie. It'll take and like it's, five, two percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know it'll, it'll be good. It'll be good for that audience who that if is, they decide to show up. That is so short-sighted. It is very short-sighted and it really angered me. And, and, and I was like, God, I hope we come out in, you know, record numbers. And we did. The people really showed up. Thirty-four million. The first week, thirty, thirty, thirty minutes. Is that thirty-four now? It's past thirty-four now. Okay. We, we, awesome. we have actually, you know, surpassed in seven days or six days um, the entire uh, box office take of the first movie. Wow! Wow! Yeah. All right, now when I first saw the headline, I wasn't that mad because I hadn't seen the movie yet, first of all, and I expect stupidness from USA Today, you know. So I was just like, <laughs> oh, okay, typical. And I saw everyone on Twitter going off, and I'm like. Come on, black people. This is what we, you know, what do you expect from USA Today? People went in. But then I saw the movie. And, dog, I came in here yesterday. I saw the movie yesterday. We recorded a show last night. I came in here yesterday angry. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously mad. Why because, was you mad? Because I, now that I've seen the movie, it's not a racially themed movie at all. Like, this is my question for you. Like, could you one day see, because I could see it. If you just cast all white people in this movie, it's the same film. And that would be racially themed. Yes. <laughs> Orange Osage County coming out. Late. I'm, that's a racially themed movie. Julia Roberts, M- Meryl Streep, 
That's a racially themed movie. It's like all white people. It's like calling when Harry met Sally a racially themed movie. Absolutely. And so my question is, could you one day see the best man like on Broadway with an all white cast? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Why not a musical? There we go. Best man, the musical, all white White cast. cast. And they'd still probably call it racially themed. You know, that would be funny, actually. That would be a really good parody, like on um, like Saturday Night Live or something like that, or just, just as, a, as a skit. That would be really, really funny. I think it would translate well. I think it would be great. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's like, it, it, you know, the, the movie is about universal things. You yes. know, we, we, these are things that everyone goes through. Right. We all want to, you know, fall in love. We all want security. All, we all want to be, you know... Uh, respected by people you know and we all go through things you know career challenges uh life challenges you know fertility for uh, fatality you know illness there, there are things that, that that this movie all encompasses that everyone on the earth goes through especially here in america so bump calling it a racially themed movie not a racially themed movie <laughs> and then that, that's the other thing like that's why i became so mad because like i said i thought it was one of the best movies i've seen this year thank you like bro i'm not lying crying, to, thug the, tears. yeah straight up and down <laughs> I, thug, thug tears I was, oh that's a hashtag thug, thug tears, tears. <laughs> that's it <laughs> yeah i was glad the movie wasn't packed the theater wasn't packed because I was I, I was sitting there, you know, like there were several <laughs> scenes, and I mean, several times, though, you got me several times. You was boohooing, or you were just just. <laughs> I, I mean, I, like I don't I don't want to spoil stuff, but even like at the football game. Oh yeah. At the, when they're running down the hall at the end, and we got to go home, dog. I'm sitting there like you know the brothers come together, you know, when they're standing outside and they all know finally, and yeah. they see Chestnut. Dog, I'm sitting there, you know, because that's it was like I felt the relationship between my friends, you know, how I'm glad, I exist. I'm glad that that those scenes, you know, really affected because those are the things I really wanted to. Those are some of my favorite moments in the oh. movie, you know, and especially when it when it comes to you know to brothers who, you know, they like, like they don't come to movies like yo, yo, and it starts to get like too tough. They like, I don't want to see all that, you know, yeah. right? But then they're like, oh, 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 all right, oh, ooh, damn, right? I can relate so it's, to it's, this. Is the AC on up in this? Piece? <laughs> I'm like, it's dusty in here. My, oh, a lot of dust in this theater right? today. My yeah. eyes are sweating. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm My good. eyes are sweating, you I'm know? good. But, and because, and, you know what, they're, they're easily, you know, I've been in a the movie theater where, you know, there's tender moments between between cats and, and um, what'll happen is, you know, there's always some clown in an audience that would be like, Bitch, bitch, bitch. You know, like, you know, and it's just like. There was really? one guy in there yesterday. Of course there was. There's always one. <laughs> to, to tell you the truth, though, in, in all the screeners that I've been to, I've seen the movie 30 times now yep. with an audience. And th- there hasn't been one person, one clown in there that. that, that ah, uh, so why was it in mine? I, I don't know, <laughs> they knew, they must have known you were in there. No, no I'm they? saying, no, no, there, there had never been one. Oh. Never. And so, you know, I'm, I'm very gratified that people are connected with it in mm-hmm. that way. You people, know, that. Especially, especially dudes. No, people did tell him to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, man. I'm over here crying, dog. Be quiet. <laughs> um, the best man, I mean, it's not the first, but this is one movie that has a huge ensemble cast when you really think about it. And would you say that it's a real challenge to work with ensemble cast? Or would you say it's maybe for you it's easy? Like some people like to work with just a few. What would you? Listen. I, whenever I uh, do a movie and there's a lot of people in it, I, I always tell myself, next movie I write is going to be two people <laughs> in a room about this size right here. But, excuse me, I mean, no, it's it's incredibly challenging to um, to work with uh, an ensemble. Even even though we have a history, we, you know, we have chemistry, um, you know, especially now, they've got their ideas about, you know, what their character should be and what, mm. you know, what. So, you know, I'm like, guys, I wrote this. <laughs> It's been in my head for a long time. You've, you've thought about this for about a week, okay? So let me just trust me on this. And, and when you're doing scenes where, where you have, because in the first movie, 
we didn't have everybody in scenes together. We have in this movie we had like at least three or four mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where everyone is there and saying something and you know, especially the dinner the dinner scenes where actors are having to not only deliver dialogue but act naturally, eat food, you know, uh, deliver a joke or have a look here and look. I mean, I you know, there's a, it's it's incredibly difficult and and, and it's a, it takes a long time. All night you shoot it and you shoot a lot of coverage just to get make sure that everyone looking at this person, this person, and Jordan's looking at Harper, and Harper's looking at Quentin, and Lance is looking at Mia. You know, it's just just that you connect yeah. all those connections, and yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a real jigsaw puzzle. But you know, a lot of moving pieces. A lot of moving pieces. So that's a lot of mental energy just for yourself, just to kind of just figure out, okay, what is the direction I'm going with? What do I want to see? Yeah, where I'm I gonna mean, place everything. <laughs> and, th- and thankfully, I've got a good team with me. You know, good. between between the script supervisor and the director of photography and the and the assistant director. You, you you make a plan and mm-hmm. you try to execute that plan. Now I remember the the you know the the night that we were shooting the, the black and white dinner, like things did not go well at all. I was really mad at the cast. Really, just they were just you know fooling around, not fooling around, but they were ad libbing, amusing <laughs> themselves, and I was like, this is BS. We're not <laughs> like I'm here to do a job, you know. And so the following week, we shot the first dinner scene, and I was like, you talk about a drill sergeant, you know. When, when as soon as they started straight, I was like, ah ah, cut, go back and do that line again. Or did you shock him into you know staying yeah, yeah. straight? I, I, okay. I had to do it. I had to do it because I was like, I'm not going through this. Again. I'm not going to be. I was every time I looked at those 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 dailies from the black and white dinner, I got pissed off. Mm. Wow. Mm. Um. Now that, that's another thing that came up last night when I was talking about the movie. A friend of mine said he saw on Facebook someone made this long rant where they're talking about the movie's unrealistic because it shows black people with wealth. What? I told we, you I was we mad. We can't make this up. I, was, I told you I was mad. I, I wanted to find this person's Facebook <laughs> and, and, and you know, up. go on it because I grew up watching Cosby Show. As did sure, I. Sure, right. I know plenty of professional black athletes. I know plenty of successful black people. So it's like, why do we not imagine ourselves as having wealth? Why can't right. we pitch ourselves? I mean, even now, nowadays, there's tons. There's tons Executives, of Executives, lawyers, doctors, uh, you know, you run, we run the gamut. Yes. Te- technicians. I mean, it's it's... It's crazy. I mean that that that's just ignorant. I, I, do I have to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted you to know why. You no, know. it's just you know it's it is ignorant. I mean you know listen. I think that the, that there's a notion that that all white people are rich and all black people are poor, and that is just not the case. <laughs> there's plenty of poor white people out there. Oh. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like you know th- there's got to be a change in our imagery, our change in our perception of our, our self perception, and 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 how we look at the world. You know, and not not everybody's going to be an athlete or a rapper no. either. Yeah, and that's what I mean, and that's what I love. Like, not everyone in the film. I mean, you know, Morris is obviously an athlete, but then the rest of them, you know, are just successful black people. Exactly, and some not so successful. Some not so, and that, that's why that's what week. I mean, I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, you know, Tay is like he was successful, but he's struggling he's right struggling. now. It's like, and not everything mm. is gonna pop off all the time. But exactly, I was happy to see like like that's another thing I wanted to commend you on. Like, I love to see Terrence and Morris like. Morris comes in in a suit in the first scene. I'm like, oh, where can I get that suit at? Yeah. Terrence had the scarf later on and the leather. You know what's <laughs> funny about both of those? You know, like Morris was not he was he was not feeling that suit at first. What? He was not really? feeling that. Oh. You know, you're talking about the three piece with the red. Ooh, and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, ah, what do you think? I was like, you know, listen, oh. I don't I don't know if I'd put it on, but my my on cos- him that was working. My costume yeah. designer Daniel Hollowell, who's done all my movies. She's got very good taste. I said, you got to trust her. Man. I will say that the, the costume means excellent. Excellent. She, she's good. Thank you. She's really, really good and knows what, what, what to pick out. And, you know, really, a, 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 I mean, she, she, she studied under um, Ruth Carter, who's, you know, an, mm. a, an Academy Award yes, winning, yes, yes. Um, you know, uh, costume designer. At the beginning, there's an exchange between uh, Quentin, Terrence Howard's character, and another character where he's like, 
you know, we got to stop using this N-word out here. And then turns right around, what up, my... And I just wanted to know what inspired that. You know, it, it's 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 a great introduction to his character. Um, and I think, you know, he is somebody that, you know, we're, we all, I think, I don't know if we all struggle with the word, but, you know, those of us who are a little more conscious, I just like, you, know, you hear young kids, you know, using it all the time and to refer to ourselves. And it's just like, oh, you just, just you know where this word came from. And then, mm-hmm. we, you know, we're like, oh, what's up? You know, we, we lose it a little bit. I get, you know, <laughs> we've all been there. You know what I mean? And we use, I mean, listen, I used it a lot more in the first movie than I did in this yeah, one. Yeah, we talked about that yeah. before you got and, here. You know, like, it's because you get older, you get a little bit wiser, you, you, you start thinking a little bit more, you gain a little more life experience. It's like, Let's you know. Let's curb our. I mean, I wanted yeah. to at least put it out there as like that. You were thing. aware of what you were doing. I'm what aware. You're saying, and but that, that, you know that, that we should be aware of it as well. Like you yeah. know, just the, 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 how loose we are with the with the word, especially around white folks. That and that's my thing. So that's always been an argument nowadays with people about Twitter because they'll be you know on Twitter like, what am I? And I'm like, come on, man. Anyone can read this, exactly. bro. Like, just, exactly. I know we say it when we're around each other, but just cool out. I'm telling you, like, as soon, <laughs> but but as soon as like Ice Cube and everyone opened the door, you know, in the early nineties, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, with, with yeah. that, it was like I remember, I remember first hearing. Um, uh, F the police, and I was just like, "This is not rap music. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Screaming emo rap." I, and, and just you know, I, I was just like, "This is this is going to be the beginning of the end because people, are gonna, white people, are going to be like, well, we can use it too.' And like Latinos, use, I mean, it's, it's just like it's ridiculous. But it's also point. it's a slippery slope as well. You it's know what a slippery mean? slope. Stop using. You, if, if you don't want people to use it, don't use it yourself. I've been having this discussion lately because I feel like if I was a white person born like let's say after 1990, I wouldn't know what racism is like. I wouldn't know if blackface is racist because I saw uh, Tropic Thunder and what's his name, you know, yeah, and Robert Downey. was hilarious. You know, that was right. great, great. Right. That was great. But see, but that was, but see, there's, but there was context there. Yeah, yeah. There's context. He and- it's, yeah. There's an irony to it. I mean, it's it's about Hollywood and just you know they'll they'll cast you know they'll, they'd rather cast you know this this uh, this great Australian actor mm-hmm. to play being blackface <laughs> in a war movie it, and Robert Downey Jr. killed, killed it. it he killed, killed it. it yeah killed it I'm definitely. a dude playing the dude disguised as another dude <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite line of that movie I love that movie um, so I'm gonna switch gears just a little bit so you've gone from doing films like The Best Man you've done Roll Bound so you know a lot of serious situations some comedy in there and then you go from that to Scary Movie 5 and Undercover Brother which are, are like straight up and down comedies I actually like Undercover Brother. I thought that was Undercover cool. Brother is a comedy. Yeah. Scary Movie Five. Funny. I don't know. That, that, that's, yeah, that, you, that's what you call a mess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But okay. <laughs> well, well, I like that. Speak a on a it. stinky stew. <laughs> so you're not, you're not exactly happy of Scary yeah, exactly. Movie Five. Did you did you see, did you hear me around when 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 when, when Scary Movie was coming? Did you hear me promoting that movie? No. 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 Oh. <laughs> I was busy. So I, I was just busy. <laughs> so you pre-production the... on on Best Man Holiday. <laughs> so you agree with the majority? kind of um, what, what, sentiment. What'd they say? They didn't like it. It was the much. worst scary movie ever, right? <laughs> they didn't like it so much. Hey, listen. But, I, but Honestly, I didn't know there was a fifth one. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> yeah. There probably shouldn't have been after, after that debacle. So you've been, you, you've done all these different types of movies. Do you have a particular genre preference? You know, I like everything that I've done. <clears throat> you know, not the, the last one notwithstanding. Um, but, uh, you know. <laughs> okay, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I tell you what, like, I'm more comfortable doing. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm more comfortable doing stuff that I write myself. Mm. I'm not that I'm more comfortable. I, I think I'm just better at doing uh, a, a directing a movie that I've written myself because I'm just to be that much more intimately involved with the characters. Yes. Um, you know, and and comedies are really tough because 
a lot of times, something like Undercover Brother or Scary Movie Five, it's it's all about the jokes mm-hmm. and just just tying those together, and, and then you figure out a story later. You know, like you got to. It's just you always like it's always about cutting to the joke, and I get tired of cutting to the joke because I'm 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 more about you know character and, and character development. Mm, okay. Um, and you know, I would love to do a drama, like a straight up drama. Really? You know? Oh, for sure. I mean, but you have a lot of that in. You have a lot of that you in know, your your in holiday. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like yeah. I do. And, I mean, but, thug you know, tears. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hashtag thug tears. Yo, that we got to put that up. That's got to be a hashtag. We'll put that up to the camera. That Ambrose. is dope. I love it. Um, you know, uh, yes, because I, 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 I really like working with actors. I like working with, um, you know, and, and getting the best out of them. You know, you know, and a comedy, you know, is I love I loved that as well. I mean, you know, I work with some of the best comedians in the business. You know, Dave Chappelle, Mike Epps. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Set of the Entertainer, Monique, mm. you know, like uh, some really, really fun, Martin Lawrence, some mm-hmm. really funny people. And These I are heavyweights. Doing... Yeah. These are real, real comedians. Why so. you Why you say heavyweight when I, when I said Monique? Uh, no, see. You, now listen, you the That's guy who writes girl. comedy. That's my girl. You're the one who made that link. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she actually said it after Martin Lawrence. Yeah, so. Who's also put on a little bit, you know. Oh, has Martin put on a little, some I mean, he ain't bad boy <laughs> shape right now. <laughs> Fan <laughs> bro, just himself. know I didn't start this. Malcolm D. Lee started this. No, no, listen, I finished it. Listen, Mo- Monique is that's my girl, and, and and I love her to death. I mean, I'm so happy for her. Her success. I I really wish she would work more. You know? Yeah, yeah I haven't, yeah, get, I haven't seen her in there. a lot. Yeah. I mean, she's very funny. She's very like a lot of people gravitate towards her. I mean, she's she's awesome. She's so. good people. Really oh. good people. And that that goes into another one of our questions. Uh, do you have any actors that you like to work with? You know, like how Scorsese keeps his stable. Even like now, Judd Apatow works with Seth Rogen and them. Jonah and all them. Your cousin usually rolls with Denzel, you know. Uma. (laughs) (laughs) Uma? Oprah. Um, You know, there's plenty of people I'd like to work with. Um, Nobody's really coming to mind right now. I mean, there's there's, there's so many. It all depends on on the material. It all depends on the the, the script, you know. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's there's plenty of people that that I'd love to work with, but you know, not, nobody comes to mind because it's like it's all going to be about the right project. So you know? no names, no names you could think of anybody that you just always you've seen their work and you or anybody that you just admire their work that you maybe have not worked with yet. Jamie, um, Jamie Fox, all right. Jamie Fox, um, uh, Denzel, Will Smith, you know the usual mm. suspects. You know, mm. Sidney Poitier, love to work with him. Um, you know. Uh, you know, like there's a couple of guys that are on in, in, in the Judd Apatow camp. That what's his name? Oh God, uh, Jonah. Not Seth. Jonah. Not he, he he did he did the movie uh, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You see that? Oh, one? the uh, lead in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Ah, he's hilarious. He's yeah, on, on how to, how to, J- how I met your mother. Jason. Yeah. He's he's J- yeah, Jason, Jason Siegel. Jason yeah. Siegel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Jason Siegel. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, you know, Sudeikis. Yeah. Uh, I love Kevin Hart. Oh. Um. You know, Craig Robinson. Please do something for Kevin Hart. Um, yeah, Kevin Hart is working. Kevin yeah, Hart when I saw Best cry. Man <laughs> Holiday, the first, the, there's like five trailers. Yeah, they're all Kevin Hart movies. Yes, <laughs> he's in all of them. Yes, Taraji Henson, um, you know, Gabrielle Union. Uh, mm. I love to work with all you know, Danny Glover. I mean, is it this, this, you know, the, and and I've had projects, either you know, set up with them or I've met with them or and you know, right. for one way or another, it hasn't worked out. But they're in the Rolodex, so. Well, not really. I mean, you know, I go through their agents. And stuff I mean, like you that. know, after the big opening weekend, you know, I, the Rolodex I think, is opening I, up I right now. To use an antiquated item, I think it's open. Now. It's possible. It's yeah, possible. Yeah, you know, yeah. I like also Ryan Gosling. Oh, who oh, doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. He's bad. He's yeah. bad. Anthony Mackie. You know, we've talked about working together. It's, it's a, a lot of people. Okay. 
Well, uh, Fan Bro Show is the premier podcast of geek culture presented by people of color. So, okay. Yeah, yes. you know, just that's a, a mouthful. Yeah, it is. You know, <laughs> we're, we're trying to work that slower to get it yeah. smaller, but you know, and, and it's, it's not like that's, no that's, tears. That's, that's, apro- <laughs> <laughs> that's apropos. I love it. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a good. That's a good niche. So, uh, would you consider yourself a fan, bro? Like, I think were you grow? Did you grow up reading comics? Oh yeah. Okay, there we go. Right. Yeah. That Perfect. makes me a fan, bro. Oh, that's it. Oh. Immediately. Yeah, yeah. Done deal. Com- the Avengers, X Men, Spider Man, Hulk. What runs mo- like what? What was your first like? Do you remember the first X Men? Th- Chris Claremont. Yeah, Claremont. No, it, no, let me see. Yeah, I tell you, the first episode, the first one that I bought, I was I was ten years old in, in um, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. I mm. went to a comic book store. My mother had, was was doing a, a conference out there, and uh, I bought X Men one thirty seven and one thirty eight. Uh-huh. Okay, John Byrne <laughs> and Claremont. Yeah, John Byrne Ooh. and Claremont. Yeah, yeah, and that's when when Phoenix died. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what? And listen, I spent seven or eight bucks on comic books. My father was so mad. He was like, "You spent eight dollars on comic books." <laughs> I was like, comic books was 10 cents when I grown up. (laughs) My daddy said, no, no, you're going to take half of these, you're going to read half of those, and I'm going to put the other half away, and I'll bring them back when you've read the other ones. I was like, ugh. Yeah, definitely comic book geek, no question. Yeah, I think I've told this story before, but I spent 20 on 136 when I was a kid. Because, I mean, you know, know, it's like after the fact. Right. My mo- I mean, I had to save up for the 20. My mom took that issue and put it in her drawer. And I could read it, <laughs> you know, occasionally. And then she'd put it right back in her drawer. Oh, yeah. And I put I put the, the, the comics in plastic and all that. Oh, I, I still, all that. I still have them. Yeah, nice. So you're a comic book guy. So when is we going to see a superhero comic You know movie? what? You know what I want to do? You know what movie I want to do? What? Paramount Man and Iron Fist. There we go. Yes. There we go. Yes! I want to do that. I actually, I actually pitched it a, a good story to tomorrow. Like, can try trying to pitch it as like a uh, uh, today's like uh, like a Marvel version of Lethal Weapon. Nice. You know, like like and just you know have it have it be kind of funny, mm-hmm. but also you know in in a way that like you know Rush Hour and uh, Lethal Weapon were you know were yeah. funny but serious and yeah. you know, got violent or whatever. That's that's how I want to do it. You know they're doing them on Netflix now. Yes, yes. yes. I'm 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 going to crash the party soon. Yeah, you're keeping your, 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 your th- throwing throwing your name into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Tell the agents, yeah, hey, man, put me in there. Roll the to open put it up. Put my name in there. <laughs> now we've been. Ha- I had this debate this morning on Twitter. Who would you cast as Power Man, especially as Luke Cage? It, well, it's between it's between Terry Crews, okay, Whoa. okay, and Michael Jai White. Yes, thank I you, said it. thank you. I All right, we, we we go with Michael Jai. Definitely, I said Michael Jai White so people many were times. To, they were trying to sell me on Idris this morning, and I'm like, no, no I love you, but you're he's not too, Power Man. He's too smooth, he's too smooth for that. Too smooth he's for that. Smooth. Yeah. I agree. He's he, he's James Bond. Thank you. Yeah, yes. he's too smooth yes. with a V. Like, yeah, see, because here's the yeah. thing: I want Luke Cage to be, you know, a little bit comical. Yeah. Because, you know, he's he, he doesn't age. Yep. You know, he, but he's still like a, a, a black exploitation brother from the 70s. Yep. You know, and so I know Terry could do that. Definitely. But I know that Michael Jai could do it, too. Yes. Michael Jai would kill it. Oh, I mean, Black, um, black Dynamite. Oh! Black Dynamite. Oh, that's my age. joint. <laughs> Come on, man. That's my joint, Black Dynamite. Did anyone see that coming? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Black that, Dynamite Man. I, yeah. I am smiling. <laughs> Have you ever seen the animated Black Dynamite series? I've seen, I've seen bits and pieces. Okay. I prefer I prefer the movie. The movie was yeah I top the notch. Movie. The and I like school. I think I think Ryan Gosling will make a good uh, Iron Fist. Wow. Dan, Danny wow. Rand. That would yeah, and that's and that's one. I mean that's one of my favorite comics. But I've never I've never I could never think of who I said Leonardo the other day just on some randomness. 
You know, I mean, it wouldn't happen, but I could see him pulling it off. You know who yeah, also might be it. good is uh, Michael Fassbender. He's so tall. I mean, he's so like, I mean, I guess that doesn't matter. Don't he's worry so about like, the tallness. You, look, yeah, he, Wolverine is mad tall. He's yeah. not really tall. <laughs> like, Wolverine's a shorty. Yeah. Yes. So. And, and, you know, what's my man's name? Hugh Jackman's a big dude. Yes. Yeah, like 6'3 or something right out here. Yeah. So, wow. So you make allowances for that. Yeah, definitely. All right, we earlier mentioned that uh, Scary Movie is a clear parody. Well, I mean, you know. Well, yeah. The Scary Movies <laughs> were meant to be parodies of horror and of horror genre. Yeah. And, of course, we just said this is a show for fans of, of geek culture. Would you consider doing a horror movie? And uh, what is your favorite horror movie, if you have one? You know, I'm not a huge horror movie fan, you mm. know. Um I don't I don't go and see Insidious and and the rest of the, I mean what was that movie that just came out this year that uh, about the, the 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 beating like like you know the one night a week one night a year there's like oh, the, oh, the, purge. the purge the purge stuff like that like nah. really, it disturbs me I don't I'm not I'm not I'm not I don't go to movies for that yeah yes. you know what I mean and um but the, the smartest moves when they when they when they brought them back to me the smartest ones were the um scream. Yeah, I like okay. those. Okay, I like those movies. And you know what? I, I remember, and I saw, I saw it with my cousin, like you know, when I was younger, um, American World from London. Oh, I love that movie. That movie freaked me out when it's I first a, saw it's it a freak as a out kid. Movie. Yeah, when I because I was really little when I saw yes. it, and I was like, Nah, I'm not ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I turned it off. Like, oh, no, yeah, I'll come you know, back to that. I remember me, my brother, and Spike went to see the see the movie, and my my older brother was like, Get me out of here! I was, I was like, turn off the v- v- VCR, <laughs> go upstairs and play with some toys. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, okay, I had one more on that same thing. Well, a couple of quick fire questions. Yeah, let's do it. All right, definitely. Black Panther or Luke Cage? Luke Cage. Why? I, I just re- relate to him more. I can't even pronounce that. T'Challa, is that his name? T'Challa. T'Challa? <laughs> you, you pronounced it right, yes. I don't know. Like, it's not a, I don't, see, they always get the, the Marvel black heroes like kind of like whack powers. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, like you know, what, the Falcon, I, really? I, I was Dude flies around and he's got wings. What is that? I mean. You know, Power Man's big, strong black dude, you know, beating people, lifting up cars and whatnot, <laughs> bulletproof, you know, and then, you know, well, who, Black Panther, what does he do? What does he do? He's, he's a king. He's a king. Okay, he's a king. But what? But, but when he dons the mask, he's like he can jump around and swing from I mean, trees and whatnot. He got mad acrobatics. He <laughs> acrobatics. <laughs> acrobatics. The first that's, thing you put out. That's not a superpower. <laughs> that's just you can get you can get guys from the, from, from the circus up. to be to, to be that. I'm trying to hype him up. You, Come you, on, you, man. You Seriously, Th- think about uh, Black Goliath. Oh, I mean, don't go there. Come Black on, Lightning. Man. Black Lightning. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. What about Static Shock? Static Shock. He's a black superhero who has superpowers. Good, know. real superpowers. I don't know Static Shock. He got the same powers as Black Lightning, though. Yeah. The fact okay. that he got lightning powers. Well, so, he, so he can, he can, he can yeah, electric, move across the rug and, like, you know, what is that? They need, they need some black. He could, no, he could fly across that's the why, that's why. That's why Michael B. Jordan needs to play the Human Torch. Yes, thank he, you. You know, brother, like a, to catch fire. Come on. <laughs> well, like, oh, this is fire, B. This is fire, B. The next the next quick fire was Falcon versus Rhodey, but we see how you feel about Falcon. Who's Rhodey? Um, Tony Stark's Tony bodyguard Stark's who gets the armor himself. War Machine? Uh, oh, 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 War Machine. The yep. War Machine. Okay, War Machine. Come on. All right. Falcon, all right. seriously? <laughs> although although it looks interesting, like, what they're going to do with Anthony Mackie. I, yeah. saw, I saw a trailer. It was a long, extended trailer for Captain mm-hmm. America. It looks good. It does look good, because I didn't like the first Captain America at all. You didn't like the Red Scroll in it? Eh. Eh. Meh. Meh. I think yeah. the second one looks Listen, the Avengers was oh dope. Greatest movie. The Avengers was 
dope. Yeah, yeah. But that is the best adapt like superhero adaptation yes. comic. Just Josh ever. Whedon is dope. Yes. 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 All right, a uh, big one: Star Wars versus Star Trek. <laughs> Star Wars. Okay. Hands down. Okay. All right. Hands down. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Not even a question, right? <laughs> uh, I, I'll, I'll keep it to myself. Sorry to disappoint. We had uh, Juno Diaz in here a few weeks ago and asked him these same things, and you're pretty much like on the same. He he said, "I don't understand that though. Nobody can relate to Black Panther." Sorry. But we can relate to rich black people in Best Man Holiday. Right? But, but no kings? Okay. No, Come on. He got a whole country, dude. Let me, let me, let me revisit it. I just, <laughs> not there. Okay. Uh, you already kind of answered this one, but who would you cast as a black James Bond? Yeah. Done deal. Idris. There's nobody better. Nobody. Well, I mean, you know, he's handsome. He's a great actor. He's already got the British accent. I mean, you know, why look any further? Don't overthink it. Yeah, for real. Right. You know? Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this um, reminds me, last night we were talking a lot, when we recorded the show, we were talking a lot about robots and androids and things like that. And we had a big conversation about there's no, there's never really been a black robot or a black android. When you think about it, they're always white or you know, British, as you say, or something like that. And even robots from Japan, because of, you know, the whole um, romanticization of Western culture that the J- Japanese robots look like Americans. <laughs> so we were just like, you know what? We need to make a movie featuring a black robot because right now the closest thing we have is like Orlando Jones as like a hologram. Ooh. Like he yeah, did we, that. We, we thought for a long time. We thought for a long well, time. Well, no, but they got that show right now on uh, Fox. Almost Human. That's Almost the first human. one. That's the first one. Yeah. yeah. We were thinking. That's interesting. Yeah. It's... Well, they, you know, also, also, whenever anybody comes from outer space, they always land in America. Well, why is that? <laughs> why don't they land in Africa somewhere or, or like, you know, Australia or in the middle of the ocean for that? I mean, it's 75% water. <laughs> right, I was going to say. <laughs> you know? The you know, odds are you'll probably land in the water. So. Exactly. There's a great Superman story uh, written by Mark Millar called Red Sun, where he lands in Russia. Yes, it's a and it awesome flips book. I think I heard, everything. I think it's I heard it's about a graphic that. novel. You should check it out. It was like three issues independently, but they've got it as a collection. It's it's, it's so well done because he awesome. he thinks through everything that happens because of that one little change. You know, so what it's if really Superman well done. landed in Kenya? Right. And, it, and it's, ooh. ooh. What I mean by and like. how are the people from 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 what is it is it uh, Krypton Krypton how, why are they all white? You know, sadly, at one point they had a there's an <laughs> island on Krypton full of black people. <laughs> one island, like no that's no joke. The this same, is a, this the is a same true reason story. why everybody on the Death there. Star has British accents. The same reason. That's all the people that are in space. What do we say? <laughs> you can't go to space if you're black. You can't go to space unless you have a conk. All right. <laughs> it, it's true. That's funny. Especially in the early days, you know, Lando Calrissian, you know, the first. That's right. That's right. You yeah. double crossing son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Called out. All right. One, uh, well, a few quick last ones. Um, as far as Hollywood goes, you know, there's been a lot of changes recently with the digital, everything. What would be your advice to a young brother or somebody coming into the film industry right now? Like, have you seen the changes that they're making easier to make films? I mean, you know, the the the, the accessibility is, is a lot um, better. I mean, you, you and the exposure you can you you can make your film with is a lot better. I mean, you have a lot more avenues. I mean, yep. you don't have to have to just, you know grab your friends and you know to a screening room and say, okay, here's this movie and rent this out and whatever. You can you know you know post post it on YouTube, mm-hmm. post it on your Facebook page. You can you can shoot you know the the, the 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 you can shoot a movie on your iPhone, and you know and, and it has something that that would be compelling. So you know I, I think it's 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 you got to but you have to tell a story. 
that only you can tell it from your unique perspective because you know everybody thinks they have a you know a unique story yeah but they don't always have a unique way of telling it so you're a fan of the writer director combination when they like, I'm one that, myself so. know thyself yeah, <laughs> yeah right. definitely know thyself I mean you know not everybody that can write can direct and vice yes. versa all right. Anything else, Tatiana? No, I think we we went through everything. I'm glad you hit every point, and I'm I'm so happy. That's what said, I do. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy you said Michael Jai White. That's my boy. Right for so real. So happy. All right, well, you know, thank you, Mr. Lee, for coming through. Mr. Lee is my father. All right, Malcolm <laughs> D. Thank, Lee. Thank you very much for, for having me. I thank appreciate you for coming it. through the Fan Bros do you, Show. Do you have anybody you want to shout out or anything you want to talk about real quick? You just No, nah, man, I'm just going to be, you know, I'm, I just want the fans to come out again um, this weekend, support us. You know, we got a, we got a monster with the... With Hunger Games, they're going to have yeah. like $5 million, $500, <laughs> $500 million this weekend. You know, so we just want to just, you know, keep our numbers up. And, and, and I think that we will. I think the fans come out. We can still make an impact. You know, I, it's funny. When I, used to, when I was telling the, the, the cast members who did this movie for, for no money um, or very little money, I should say, mm-hmm. you know, I said, listen, guys, we're going to make history. I said, mm. that, I said that in rehearsals, I would say that to them in emails when I was in post. I just because I really felt that I don't know what that, exactly what that meant, but you know, I think we we're already on our way to doing that. You know, we've 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 made an impact with our opening weekend, and I'm really really grateful that that's happened because uh, it doesn't happen all the time, and that's what people keep telling me. You better enjoy this now because it don't happen all the time. So that's what I'm doing, and and I think it's um I'm I'm really gratified, and I hope that that people keep continuing to support the Best Man Holiday. We definitely will. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, when I saw it yesterday, it was like a half. I saw it at like eleven thirty in the afternoon, and it was still you know half packed theater. So nice, you know, definitely like still it. pulling it in. Um, one last question. I was checking your IMDb IMDb page, and I saw something about ballers. Is that still? Because the concept alone, I was like, what? Yeah, it's a great. It's a great um, concept. It's um, you know about uh, guys going to. Um, to a fantasy basketball camp, yep. you know, uh, and LeBron, LeBron James would 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 uh, be held, holding a, a, a fantasy basketball camp. It's kind of like city slickers on a basketball court. Okay, um, you know, right now um, it's kind of in flux right now. The project, yep. so we'll see what happens. I, I hope to be a part of it. I, you know, it's, it's something that I'm really passionate about. I love basketball. I'm a basketball head. Oh, uh, who's I, your team? I, ugh, unfortunately, the Knicks. I know, I know. Yeah, we talked to Spike the other day, and I didn't get to ask him about it, you know. I, I, I didn't really want to. But. Probably a sore subject. I mean, they, just, they, just look, they don't look good right now. I'm a know? Lakers fan, bro, so yeah. <laughs> Trust Traitor. me. This, this it's face, hard out here. This, is, this face is what, the, what, what, what David Zucker would call the, the Landry. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, um, you know, I'm a basketball head. I, I play basketball. Um, I watch it all the time. I play, fantasy, I play fantasy basketball, too. So, like, you know, it's in me. And, like, I know the story. I have, I have not really seen too many basketball movies that really did it for me as a fan and as, and as a, you know, as a, a player. Mm. I mean, it's been a few. I mean, I think I think my cousins. Uh, he got games. Game. Really yeah, good. yeah, that was good. I love. I love. Uh, White <laughs> men can't jump. No, no, he's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because the trash talking there was so inauthentic to me. I didn't buy it. Uh, Although Woody could play ball. Yeah, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, uh, I liked the uh, Fast Break. You, know, you heard of that movie back nah. in, back in the in the early eighties? Gabe Kaplan, uh, Bernard King. Uh, uh, Michael Warren. Uh, it was a really, really fun movie. That fits to say Pittsburgh. 
that was fun, but you know, not the kind of movie that I would make. I, I you got to these days, you got to give the the fans like that, especially the the, the video gamers. They want that first person, yeah, you know, yes. inside the action type yeah. of thing. So you know, I, I would love to be able to make that movie. I don't know if it'll happen, but it, it's it's on my list. We'll see. Awesome. All right. Well, you know, once again, thank you, Malcolm D. Lee, for coming through. Everyone out there, please go check out The Best Man Holiday. See it twice. You know, bring a friend. Tell I your heard family. people saw it three times last week. My weekend. mom yeah. saw it twice. Yeah. She, I mean, she she sent me pictures of her tickets. Like, look what I'm seeing who's again. Got, who's got that kind of time? <laughs> Old Man, people, I guess, right? You know, you did it. And like I said, once again, like I tell you, it's, I, it's so tough to, I mean, the only movie I can ever think of where I say a sequel is better than the original is maybe Godfather 2 and Empire Strikes Back. So beyond Lethal Weapon Two, okay, Look at okay, Lethal yeah, two. okay. There's Termin- Terminator Two is debatable. Ooh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, the action, good. yeah, really good. Aliens Two. Oh, that's that's, but that Alien One is so great. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones where it's like, that's true. But there's such different movies. But like Best Man and Best Man Holiday, you know, are basically the same type. But you, you took it to that next level. Like you showed, like I said, that's why I was so mad because I felt like you showed life and not just black life. You know, thank you. Yeah, thank you. yeah. No, it, and, and listen, uh, th- that's what we wanted to do, and, and I'm I'm glad that you feel that way. I'm I'm I'm, I'm and it seems like mo- most people that see it feel that way too. So I'm I'm very glad about that. Hey, fan bros, this is your boy Ben Hameen, the butcher of names, and I just wanted to let you know that I'm bringing you this special interview with the one and only Spike Lee that me and my boy Chico Leo conducted. Wait, Spike Lee? I thought we were talking to Robert E. Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that can account for the confusion. It was a phone interview. Yeah, there was a lot going on there. (laughs) So we might not have seen it. It might have been Robert E. Lee from the grave, right? Uh, One would hope. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think we had Spike Lee. We were discussing his new film, Old Boy, which I can't say much more about, but you should all check when it comes out. The reimagining of old, his reimagining, not a remake, a reimagining. And it comes out on November 27th. Yes. So go check it out. And right now, listen to this interview with the one and only Spike Lee. Welcome to Fan Bros Show. This is DJ Ben Hameen alongside my partner, Chico Leo. Yes, sir. And we are the premier podcast of geek and genre culture presented by people of color. I'd like to welcome today the director of such classics as Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, Inside Man, and many others. The man who helped make Michael Jordan a household name and a bigger Nick fan than you'll ever be, the one and only Spike Lee. How you doing, sir? Good. How you doing, brothers? Thank you for coming on the show. Spike, Fan Bros Show is the premier podcast of geek and genre culture presented by people of color. And so the first question we wanted to ask is, would you consider yourself a fan, bro? Not really. <laughs> no, you, didn't, you, you, you didn't grow up reading comics? You weren't watching Planet of the Apes movies? Uh, you know, and, and uh, I, didn't, I, I, was, I didn't read DC comics. I read Marvel comics. Oh, there you go. That's it right there. That's a fan bro right That's there. But then, but, but, yeah. but then I grew up. <laughs> so you're not, you're you not going to see all the Avengers movies? Then you grew up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all right, I mean, I, I just, that's just not my thing, you know, but when I, I love this film, though. I love the, the, the Japanese manga. I love yep. the Parks film. I never ever thought about doing the reinterpretation of it, but my agent sent me the script, and Josh Bro and I have been talking about working together for a while, so that made it that made it intriguing, very intriguing mm. to me. Mm. 
So okay. You, you've been knocking it. You've been knocking it out of the park with these genre movies. You know, I mean, Inside Man is definitely one of the best heist movies of like the last twenty years. And you got this this movie. Would you consider this a revenge movie? You know, uh, or you yeah, know, revenge. I mean, you can go back movie. to the Bible and see revenge. So he's out looking for revenge, not looking for justice. Or is there a difference between the two? Well, I think it, it really depends in, in uh, who you're talking about, though, because a lot of times people think revenge is justice, but can you right. take no, justice yeah. in your hands? So there's, it's always a moral element in revenge, always. And you, you've got, you've got a, you know, you've got a horror movie coming up. You've got, you're definitely right. Would you consider your, whoa, your whoa, 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 whoa. horror What's that? movie? Well, I'm just talking my about Kickstarter stuff that you that you've been doing. No, no, my 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 Kickstarter film is not a horror film. Okay, sorry, sorry. There are okay. elements of it, but but uh, it, it's 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 more than that. I mean, there's blood and there's sex in it, but it's right. not a horror film per se. The film is called The Sweet Blood of Jesus, and it's about uh, people addicted to blood, but they're not they're not vampires. The same way we as human beings can be addicted to sex, drugs, alcohol, money. Power, Air Jordans, Jimmy Choo's. You know, these people, these individuals are addicted to blood, and they have to have blood to, in order to, I mean, in order to survive to live. Most of your film, well, not even most of them, all your films, they seem to have, even like with a film like Inside Man, where it's just a genre film, you can't say it's just a genre film. You have so much more going on underneath so many other themes and whatnot. No, I agree with that. I agree with what you said, brother, because uh, I try not to do just one thing. I try to, you know, mix it up. I mean, one, a film mm-hmm. doesn't have to be, well, it's just one thing. It can be a, a many different, a myriad of things. And that's yes. something I've been successful at doing, I think, for a long time. And so um, beyond Revenge, when we talked to the screenwriter of Old Boy, he said that it was also, he felt it was about karma. And I've seen the film. I've got to see a screening of it. So did you feel that, was it just revenge or justice, or what else were you looking to talk oh, about? Oh, I, mean, I, I think the screenwriter Mark Prozovets was was he's on the money with that because you do bad things in life, bad things that happen to you, and without giving it away, he'd done so many bad things that you know it caught up to him. It caught up to him. I don't care who you are, you do somebody dirty, it's gonna come back to you sooner or later. In this life or the afterlife. You don't get away with it. And that was like a theme in the original Park Chan-wook like trilogy, the uh, you know, which old boy is a part of, you know, the the, the vengeance was the, you know, the vengeance right. trilogy. Did you check out those other movies, you know, the uh, Oh yeah, the man the, 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 that's Park is a bad boy. That's I mean, he's yeah. a great director. So I saw all the films. You know, and, and, and I'm very, I'll be very very late, you know, when we get them. we 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 keep missing each other, but we'll meet one day. And did you ever and think love- you'd be remaking remaking a movie, you know, or, or reimagining, you know, uh, a movie? No, uh, I've you know, never you- thought about it. So I'm glad you're using that word because we we reimagine. We don't we don't call we're not saying we never thought this as a remake. We thought it's more as a reinterpretation, a reimagining. In fact, when before Josh Brolin signed on to do this film, he met with Park because he wanted Park's blessing. Park was not going to bless this film. Josh Brolin wasn't doing it. Right. And Park did get that blessing. He told Josh, look, I made my film. Go out and make yours. Don't do what I did. Go out and make your own film. And that's what I think that's what Josh and I have done. Yes, I've seen uh, both of them now. I got to see the remake. And, I mean, not the remake, the reimagining and the original. And it's 
I love how you took the film, but you made very different stylistic choices. It's you know, it's its own movie. It has even how you set up Josh Brolin's character. I thought was different the way that Park set up the character in the first old boy. It's you you give him more depth. I felt I thought it went right to his capture in the original while in the in yours. It's you know you you get to know him and his you know life, and then you see you know him go through this transformation. Well, that's I'm thank you for that comment. Maybe it's because the first one you're reading the subtitles and you don't speak Korean. That has something that has something to do with the two. <laughs> No, they get right to it in that one. You, you you don't know much about him. If you had any kind of, you know, no budget, no no rights thing, like if you, you know, if you could remake any movie in Hollywood history, you know, from Birth of a Nation on, you know, on up, is there anything that you would, you know, you would you would like to, to sort of wrong to correct or, you know, do Touch of Evil and, and, and cast, a, you know, a real Mexican man instead of Charlton Heston or, or anything like that? Like, are there any... In in the vast you know database of Hollywood movies, is there anything you know having just reimagined something and reintroducing? Because I think you know most people in America have, didn't see the Korean old boy. A lot of people that are is true introduced to it through the Spike Lee joint. And you know, is there anything out there that you would you would want to present you know from the Spike Lee point of view? Well, it's going to happen again, but it's not something I'm thinking about right now. You know, uh, it's it's it was it's it's very interesting doing a film that's been done before. It's very interesting. It's very complicated, and uh, especially when you're doing something that's a beloved film, a, a, a cult film. So all these things are, you know, is this? Yeah, no, no, I'm absolutely. Not, I'm not say right now what what film that would be. I mean, there seems to be, as in, in, in the mainstream Hollywood world, you know, there is a certain amount of, you know, they're going back to the past and remining things from the past and re, representing them to, you know, yeah, present-day audiences. TV shows. Right. Well, yeah, no, definitely they're doing it on TV. I mean, uh, but even also in movies, too. You know, I, guess, I mean, I guess there's only so many stories you can tell. And, and uh, you know, I don't really agree. I think there are a lot of great scripts out there. A lot of great scripts, but the thing is, the studios only want to make these, not only, but the vast majority of their, their slate, they only, they want to do these tentpole films. So mm-hmm. therefore, there are only so many of those stories. But I, I think there's a lot of great so many scripts out there that they're just scared to make. So it's either it's got to be like, you know, a $150 million budget or, you know, a $1 or million two, dollar or budget. Or two pennies. You've sort of tried to get around that, or you have gone gone, gone around that by going on on Kickstarter and 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 taking right. the middleman out of the equation. Isn't that a, a huge boon to you know artists and filmmakers? It is. And, it, this is it is not just. It's, I'm glad you used the word artists. It's, it's artists. It's not just filmmakers. It'd be playwrights, right. people, novelists. I mean, people where you go directly I mean, to your audience and ask them to help get your project made. Yeah, so so hopefully that'll be the studios will keep making the tempo movies, and artists will be able to tell their stories with, without having to compromise. So many people have talked about, you know, the process of you know they walk in there with one story, and then by the time the studio's gotten through with it, it's something completely different. 
you've managed though throughout your career to avoid that, or it seems to me to avoid that pitfall. Like what you've brought to the screen has generally been you've had to fight for it, has been the stories that you wanted to tell, right? That you're you're on the money and, and it's a fight. It's a very, very tough right. business. And it takes it's not it's not you're not a painter, you're not a novel, it takes a lot of money to get a film made. So a lot of times, more often than not, you're at the mercy of the people who who had the money. Like one person says no, and then that's it. You've got to convince, you know, this person and then this person and then this person. The, the frustration of, you know, 30 years of, of going through or that. Or longer. But that's, yeah. that's why you have to really have, you really got to have guardian angels. And I'm going to bring this to a point right here. In my opinion, 12 Years a Slave is, is not only the best film this year, the best film for many years. Steve McQueen did a great job directing it, but Here's the basic fact. If Brad Pitt did not get behind this film with his company called Plan B, that's the company's name, he did not get behind this film, this film wasn't getting made. Right. Bottom line, it wasn't getting made. You need to have somebody come in there who has a big hammer, who can bogart and say, look, you know, we're doing this. If you want my other films, you got to do this one. And that's what it takes. That's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And yeah. do you find, is your relationship with the studio such that there's like a quid pro quo like that where maybe you're like, well, I want to make this personal film and I'll make this bigger, you know, I'll make this bigger studio film for you guys. David Lynch made Dune and, you know, even though Dune didn't do well, he was able to make Blue Velvet because of the deal that he had made. You know, that was like, okay, I'll make Dune for you, but you've got to make, you know, you've got to let me make Blue Velvet. Like that kind of, yes. you know. Scorsese would, would even be a better example. He's done that a lot. But I don't really think I've had that because uh, for the most part, my films do not cost that much. So, but that is, that is a definite, that's how it works sometimes in Hollywood. I wanted to ask if we were coming up, well, we just passed, uh, I think, the anniversary of When the Levee Breaks. Yeah. Like, I've only been able to see the movie one time because I'm from Houston originally, and it just it affected me so much the first time I saw it that I couldn't watch it again. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to ask you, what was it like you making the film, you know, and since the years have passed, your reflections on it now? Well, I think that is one of my best works ever. It is, I'm not trying to brag, but it is the, when people, and hit, when people, refer back in history to what happened in New Orleans and the Gulf states, they'll look at when the levees broke a wrecking the four acts as a definitive narrative of what happened. And it's something I had to do. It's something I had to, I had to get the cameras, I had to get the microphones into the, into the people, the witnesses, and let them tell their story so it will not be forgotten. That was the mission. How is it that the most powerful nation in the history of civilization can let its own citizens on its own land. And we're not talking about, we're talking about the continent of the United States. We're not talking about Alaska or Hawaii. We're talking about on the continent, I mean, Louisiana, Mississippi, you know, they're, they're part of, they're attached. Why did it take five days for the United States government to show up to rescue its own citizens? Simple. People died during those five days. People never going to get their loved ones back because of slow movement of the United States government, the response. On that note, definitely, 
is that why you consider something like 12 Years a Slave so important? Because it's telling stories that aren't getting told. Yes, but, but in particular, story of slavery. Mm-hmm. Because the movie came out last year, people think that that's, that's what happened. That, that's mm-hmm. not true. 12 Years a Slave is a slave narrative. It's an autobiography by a freed man who was stolen into slavery. His name was Sol- Solomon Northrop. And he wrote this book, this autobiography, 12 Years a Slave. And I've always felt that in order to truly do it, you know, about the slavery, that evil institution of slavery in this country, you have, to, you have to go to the source. And those sources are slave narratives. Slaves wrote about their lives. You don't have to go make up some shit. They wrote about it. You just have to do the research. Why make up something? You go to the real thing. Slave people who were able to write about what it was like to live under slavery. You have a prolific body of documentaries under your belt. And those, I mean, I'm assuming, you know, I mean, all those are all about the, the first person or at least have primary sources, you know, where you are telling people's stories. And in some respects, well, that's, that's why we don't use narration. Right. Oh, I have not done a documentary where narration has been used. I don't like that. Let people tell us stories. Do you have, are, are there any, are there any docs, you know, on the, can you talk about anything that might be coming out or coming up or things that you're thinking about stories that you want? Uh, you nothing know, I can talk about. Cause I don't like the jinx stuff, but I'll definitely have a doc right. coming very soon. I have a question from our other um, host, Tatiana King. She said, because you've been doing the genre uh, films lately, she wanted to know, would we get a Spike Lee movie in space or a time travel movie? Would we you know, be able to get, a genre movie. Oh yeah, we that, feel. that could happen. Okay, that could happen. Okay. Yep. It's, uh, I mean, want to know talk about. Guys. I want to thank no, you guys sorry, for having me on. And I appreciate well, and thank- spread the word. Oh boy. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. No. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, and thanks for talking to us about about Old Boy and about your career and about everything. Yeah. Let's let's do okay. let's do this again. Before we get started, I've got a quick announcement to make, though. For all our long-time listeners and all our new listeners, I've got to let y'all know something. I'm quitting. That's right. <laughs> yep, yep. You're shot. You go looking mo- at each other mo- like, mo- what? Moving on to greener pastures. <laughs> you're, 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 you're shot and all gasped out there. Uh, I hear you out there on the internet right now. That's right. DJ Ben Amin is quitting the show. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm not doing it anymore unless y'all fill out our mid-roll survey at themidroll.com slash survey slash bros. That's right. Unless y'all fill that out, I'm out of here. I'm quitting. I'm done with it. I'm sick. I'm tired of being sick and tired. And y'all ain't helping my cause out. <laughs> now, if they, if they go to fanbros.com, there's a link there that they can fill out the survey, right? Basically, there's no way you can miss this link. Right. And welcome back, Internets. I hope that break wasn't too long. It's time for my favorite segment, Tatiana's Tech News of the Week. And this week in tech news, first, the FCC proposes allowing use of cell phones during flights. This is so ass. This is so stupid. Yeah. 
they are considering allowing airlines to let people be on their cell phones after the plane reaches 10,000 feet. The FCC says that they're not going to force any airlines to actually, you know, allow people to talk. So they're just saying they're just making it less restrictive. I say nay. I think this is a terrible idea because, first off, airplanes are like the last bastion of silence when it comes to transportation. Yes, God. That's the only place, really, like, you can't do it on trains anymore. Clearly in a car, people talking all day, whatever, whatever. Airplanes the only thing where you pretty much have silence. Can, can I can I make a quick little rant on this? You know, sure. First of all, I hate you if you pull out your phone when they let this happen Come on, on, on cell phones. Come on, man. Yeah. On, like, on, on flights. But why then, would you do it? Like, you, you can't wait. You can't wait. Like... I don't. I don't. I don't want to say like maybe you're going across the world, maybe yeah, something like that, some international type. Like you going to Korea? Okay, you going to Orlando, Florida from New York? Nah, B. You're not that important. And also, I want to tell people, um, you know, this is another little mini rant. Yo, I also dislike you strongly if you use your phone during a film. All right, people pay good money, eight dollars and plus, and to sit in the nice darkness and quiet and watch a good movie. And you up there checking your Instagram. I mean, did y'all not see that that pre-roll movie that I saw with the little popcorn telling you to turn off your phone? They're, they, they're not listening to these Turn days. off your phone. Don't, text, don't check your text messages. I don't want to see your phone light go off. That pulls me out the experience. And because of all of this, this distractive nature of your phone, that's the same reason why I don't want it on the plane. So I say nay, but the FCC is trying to make it happen. Can I chime in to if you're on the yeah. subway and you're playing a video game, yo, either turn the volume <laughs> off or buy some headphones for $5. Yes, There's yes. nothing worse and than these random beeps and bops. But you coming, see, you the know? thing about that is not, and this happens on all places where, where trains is, is a major public transportation. It's because people are ignorant and they don't give two shits. Right. Yes. No, that's, that's because exactly correct. It's not like you can't, you can't, it's not like you can't afford headphones. Right. You have headphones 99 cents or less. Yep. Give me a break. It's because they want to sit there and use their phone as a beatbox. Listen. Not cool. Here's no, another I, one. I agree completely. And once again, with that. you know, a boombox. Excuse me. I love my people, but y'all disturb me in another way. I was on the train the other day, riding from Brooklyn. Person that's me bumping some, you know, horrible ignorant trap music, for you know, <laughs> all through Brooklyn. <laughs> but when they get to Manhattan and the other people get on the train, don't tell me they change up to like some John Mayer. No, they turned it off. Yo, I was like, wow. I was like, thanks, but at the same time, wow, you know, it shows once again. Y'all need to go listen to that Juno Diaz episode. He definitely talks about that type of. Oh, hmm. Tatiana, let, let, let me get off. Oh, y'all getting mad now? Yeah, yeah. but this just still got to deal with the airlines, though. Now this is, but this is actually a little bit better. Southwest is now going to introduce Wi-Fi gate to gate, meaning from the time you get to your gate to get on the plane to the time you get off the plane, you will have access to Wi-Fi. It is going to cost eight dollars a day per device. And um, I, I can't speak to the speed. It's probably going to be kind of slow, considering everyone's going to be on it. But and video game beeps. And video game beeps. Yeah, planes. you're going to have all that. I mean, the FCC, like, they relaxed the rules. Excuse me, the FAA relaxed the rules. So now people are just going to be crazy with their devices now. It's going to be nuts. Someone's going to make a lot of money when they develop some kind of cone of silence type of thing <laughs> where you can just point your device and just immediate silence, what? like it absorbs all the sound. They or need a, like um, that. a localized, uh, what are those things? Electro when they are. Um, EMP? EMP. I yes. think you can't control, you can't I localize know. I that. A, I need a localized <laughs> The whole plane EMP. come down, that's it. A localized I just need it for the subway. <laughs> Not even for the plane. Yeah, yeah, turn that shit off. No more Rick Ross. Uh, and lastly, in the tech sector, we have my mobile app or mobile game of the week. This week, it's Alpha Zen. The publisher name is Large Animal Games. These are the same people that made the game Color Zen. Alpha Zen is a game where you actually put together 
famous quotes in uh, a puzzle-like pattern. So, for instance, if the quote, no man is an island, pops up on the screen, each word is its own individual puzzle piece. And you have to fit the word together um, in a in a shape, in a puzzle shape. So, it also works by using the letters in each word. And it's kind of like, at first it's really easy because, like, no man is island is a short um, quote, but then it gets harder and worse and then it has like really cool ambient music in the background it's a really like relaxing but also challenging game Mm. so i would definitely recommend you guys pick that up and that is the end of the tech news nothing about the xbox one dropping nothing new no i mean we talked about xbox coming out yeah we we all know it's out yeah ps4s are sold out everywhere yeah and then your xbox is going to be sold out soon too so if you guys are pressing it get it now while you can definitely don't wait till black friday you're doomed all right, so that's it for Tech News, Tatiana? That's it, Ben Amin. All right, well, then on to another segment. We wanted to talk some film news for you. Uh, has anyone seen the Noah trailer? I can't say I have. Wow, it got, it got pretty silent in the room. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I haven't seen the Noah trailer. Can't say I have, sir. Uh, it's a Darren Ar- 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 Aronofsky. Thank you, because I didn't even want to go and butcher that man's name. And um, Russell Crowe, I think. That's is, correct. Russell Crowe is playing Noah. Um, no. Nah. Um, <laughs> well, well, I, I believe it. White yeah. people in the Bible. Oh, oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Is this another Ten Commandments type thing where it's like. I mean, Noah it, is, is no like Charlton thousands, Heston. Thousands of years mm. before ten, ten Commandments. Yeah, Russell Crowe is no Charlton Heston, first of all. Yeah. But this one has pissed off both Jews and Christians. Like, rabbis and priests are pissed at this movie, so that's a good sign. Right now, everyone should be pissed at this right. movie. Are they I pissed because it's Russell Crowe? Or... We should be pissed that Darren Aronsky didn't direct The Wolverine. And mm. decided to direct this. Mm. That's what we should be pissed about. True that. Yeah. True. And, yeah. And there's no dinosaurs on the ark. Um, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why they're not around today. You guys missed the boat. There definitely could have been a really good opportunity Literally. for a Pacific Rim tie-in with Noah's Ark, <laughs> and that didn't happen. Yeah, well, it looks like a mid-budget, you know, end of the world thing. Uh, what the funniest part though was in the movie, in the trailer at least, some people run up on Noah and they try and take the ark. So there's a there's a like, big wait wait wait, wait. <laughs> they try to hijack the ark. There's like a big fight before the water. They so not, try to boat wait, jack before Noah. it starts raining because I can understand yes. it happening when it's raining. No, like no, they like, roll like, up early like wow. while he's building it and right. like oh what you doing over here Noah? Word, right. all right, we gonna come back for this. And then later they come back for I think they might be running from the water at the same time. Right. But it's all you know it's the fact that no, not not only does Noah have to deal with the flooding of the world. Right. He also has to deal with you know random suckers trying to you know run up on his block he's also got to deal with a lot of animals oh man so this is gonna be like 2012 where like the russians trying to pay their way onto the boat or is it gonna be like 2012 where it's terrible yeah. It's going to be like 2012. That, that was actually a given, yeah. Woody Harrelson is atop Mount Ararat or something. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. That was like awesome, too. And then he gets murked out in a great way. That's, they need a great cameo right. and then death. That's well, what, there aren't too many people in Noah's Ark. I mean, you got Noah, you got his wife. He has and kids. All the, and got, all the kids. Yeah, Ham and Shem, and I don't know the and third all the guy's animals. name. How, about, how unlucky is that? Mine is dinosaurs. Third, <laughs> Noah's third son. And their wives don't have names in the Bible. Are either. Noah's sons the one who see him naked? What? I, but I don't, I don't remember I was, that. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Noah I, lived like 9,000 years yeah, in the he Bible lives, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. He, lived, he, he lives for a minute. Right. Yeah. That flood doesn't go away pretty quick. You know? No, but yeah, but it was only 40 days and 40, 40 days nights. 40 days and 40 nights. Really? Yeah. Well, but it does take it a long time for, to go away. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it, it took a long time to receive. 40 days, right. yeah, then, yeah. Then, then, then that water's there for a minute. Right. Well, yeah, Noah's coming out. Russell Crowe, Darren, you know, should have directed Wolverine, <coughs> the Wolverine. 
Um, yeah, speaking of the Wolverine, they're doing a part two to that. I actually peeped it. For Wait, the they're doing time. a part two to the Wolverine. Wolverine. Yes. So with the same nay, I say to of, that. Yeah. Nay. With the same director. Nay. <laughs> I just Me wa- no want. I just watched the Wolverine the other day. Roscoe. It was, it was a movie. Yeah, in other films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got <laughs> um, And it had some Japanese people in it. <laughs> I, they were ninjas. Didn't I talk about this? I yeah. said it was It was just. It was cool. Um, <sighs> yeah. You know, he really embodies that part. <sighs> Again. Um, yeah. In other film news, DC has been registering a bunch of subtitles, allegedly, for Man of Steel. You um, know, they registered a bunch of websites. So these people are thinking that these might be the subtitles for Man of Steel. So, with no further ado, the. Jump roll, please. The potential titles for the sequel to Man of Steel are, and they're terrible, folks. Battle the Night, Beyond Darkness, Darkness, Black of Night. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) What? Realize, of course, that all of these knights are spelled with a K, folks. This yes. is not knight like what follows day, but knight what rides a horse in the 12th century. I'm about to change my Twitter honest. bio to that one. DJ Ben, I mean, Black of Night. Man of Steel, Darkness Falls. Darkness. Darkness Falls was a terrible movie, by the way. You ever seen that movie? Nah. It's, I'll, I'll tell you about that later. Okay, Night Falls. I like your pirate accent over there. <laughs> darkness. Yeah. Well, no, I wasn't doing a pirate. I was That's, trying to imitate um, uh, Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. Darkness, darkness. Shadow of the Night. The Blackest Hour, The Darkness Within, which Whack. really sounds like pornographic, Whack. to be honest. Um, yeah, I'd rather just go with Superman versus uh, Batman. That's what I said. At yeah. this point, just do the most generic joint because it makes the most a, sense. Yeah, I think that's an do awesome Do you like name. any of these titles? Or even a little bit like any time? Maybe switch some of these words around? No, but I do want to pose the question. Shadow to of our... Night. Shadow of the Night. Beyond Darkness of the Night. Oh. Night Falls of Night. Night Falls was, I believe, the storyline where yes. Batman got his back broken back in, like, 1992. But that already happened in the last Batman movie, so that's not going to so work. So, yeah, they can't do that. And Batman can't get you his back Bat- broken Bane by and Superman. Because right. that, Superman don't, you know, Superman doesn't do break that. people's backs. No, he snaps necks. No, he right, snaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Superman don't play that. Protect your neck. Yeah. Um, Superman. So, oh, my Zod. <laughs> oh, my Zod. Zod I like that. great. Um... Yeah, that's the best one. So anyway, to all the fan bros out there, for our question of the week, what would you subtitle the Man of Steel sequel? Man of Steel Battle of the Night? <laughs> Battle Jesus of the Night. Christ. Man of Steel <laughs> the Shadow of the, of the Night. night. <laughs> he, it, it, what, what, what's supposed to happen is it's still going to be Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah. like they, they just want to use subtitles. <laughs> Just go with Batman versus Superman. Batman versus Superman. I mean, it was even a Batman versus Superman uh, made-up movie in um, I Am Legend, remember? Remember when he was in Times Square? And that's where the the, the rumors first started. He was in Times Square in that giant billboard with the... It was the same thing that we saw at um, Comic-Con. Yep. Where it was the the the, um, the Superman emblem and and the bat symbol. I mean, they've been using that logo for a minute on the comics, so it's, you know, it it was bound to happen. But anyway... That's it for film. Let's take it over to the golden age of television with Chico Leo and our new show, uh, Almost Human. So, yeah, uh, uh, who, who here has seen, who has everyone watched, uh, watched I, Almost I've Human? Seen, I saw an episode of right. it. Right. Bits and pieces. Right. So, you know, people were talking a lot of trash about Almost Human, and I got to say I had very low expectations, and so I was 
pleasantly surprised by some aspects yep. of it. Um, like DJ Benjamin, I like the second episode more than the first one. I missed the first one. The um, second one was good. Right. But just for people out there who don't know the show, it's set in the future. I think it's 2048 L.A. And cops are human cops are now teamed up with uh, robots, with androids. Androids. And um, there was a, a previous model of android that were deemed too human, and many of those androids were of color, and then they got replaced with a lot of white androids who are now totally not human. Gentrification. Oh, oh, oh wow. yeah, yeah. That's, I, I part, of, that that's part, of part of it, too. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there aren't any, there don't seem to be any any of the new androids of color. So They're Michael Ely like, is an old school right, android. Right, Michael Ely is the old school android who has feelings, uh, and he has more feelings than the human who he's teamed up yes. with. Right. So there seems to be some there might be there might be some big reveal that the human he's teamed up with might in fact be a robot, but that uh, that would be like one step too too Blade silly. Runner. That would be yeah exactly. Shot. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of Blade Runner RoboCop. Mm -hmm. Um, I am not I am Legend. Uh, I Robot. I Robot. Um, type type of stuff going on. The special effects are good. Um, directing is good. The editing's good. Uh, uh, music is good. It's a little by the numbers. I would describe it as like a really, really whatever the best meal you've ever had at TGI Fridays or the <laughs> Olive Garden is. That's not really a high <laughs> bar. Though. Saying, no, I'm hey, saying the best meal you've had at one of those. Those free breadsticks on right. a bar. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> I don't hate on free breadsticks. I not think it, it, it compares stuff. with the show that it leads into, which is Sleepy Hollow. They're both mix matched, yep. um, you know, partners, and I just think Sleepy Hollow does a lot of the stuff better than almost human although sleepy hollow has had a couple of uh a, you know a few more episodes to go with right um i like the racial component of almost human though. oh yeah no they're definitely doing some nice stuff yeah. at, 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 like you were talking episode, about yep yep where the, the robot uh the they they encounter a sex robot yep some mm. sex bots and they're um asking her who owns you and she mm -hmm. doesn't understand that, you mm -hmm. know, and they, and they make a point of saying, like, yo, she don't get that. You know, she don't understand being owned. You know, that's not what she's about. She was born. She remembers being born, not being. And that's created. how she was programmed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting that they're early on in the show is where yeah. they're getting really racial with it. Quit fast. So, which leads us to uh, this discussion about while there we've we've talked a lot about a dearth of people of color in a lot of uh, genre stuff. Dearth, word of the week, folks. But there's definitely been a real dearth of robots <laughs> of color, right? As in, right. So, this is the first, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, as in not cyborg, right? Which well, is kind of technically not a robot, right? Exactly. But. <laughs> so, cyborg, you know, from the Teen Titans, New Teen Titans is not even a robot. No. And no. so, and 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 you look at all the opportunities now. Definitely, there's a whole Japanese world where there are robots in 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 Japanese of stuff. Color. Yep. And those those would be the only ones that one can think of. The biggest, most egregious thing in the alien universe, the big corporation is the Whalen yutani Corporation, which is a conglomerate that is at least half Asian, yet all the robots are white. They don't even throw in Asian robots yet, let alone, you know, Latino robots or black mm -hmm. robots. That that leads back to the whole Japanese under, like romanticization of the Western culture. Right. You know, saying like, oh, oh, the standard of beauty is fair skin round eyes all this other stuff and this is like in real life yeah so. and i could also say that maybe it's just you know the aliens universe is taking our logical you know what's happening in the world right now to its logical extreme and japan owns everything right and they're just shipping you know white robots out because you know 
they're selling it to white people. Well, you know, the, the, the Aliens universe or the Alien universe knew enough to put Yafit Kodo in space in 1979, and so you got to give them- uh, He had no cr- conk either. No, right, exactly. <laughs> but my point is they, they did know that there was going to be some diversity in space, and while, you know- But Yafit made it without a conk. That, at, that's, that's something right there. Not only did he make it without a conk, he beat Lando Calrissian into space by one year. Yes, and Lando had to come with a conk. Right, he certainly did. But Lando lived right. while Yafit- Spoiler alert for a thirty-something-year-old movie. <laughs> um, if you didn't see it, it y'all, yeah. you just out of luck. Doesn't doesn't make it out of that one alive. Um, so yeah, I think the only black robot that I can think of is um, and this I'm getting real obscure right here is the black robot and ice pirates. Right, and that is obscure. Yeah, it's very obscure for those who are '80s babies. You might remember Ice Pirates. It was a low-budget ass movie, but at one point a guy makes a robot and he's black. And someone else asked him, why is the robot black? And he responds with, because I wanted him to be perfect. Nice. That's a, that's a, ooh, I like that line. Do the money dance. <laughs> and then they waited like 30 that. more years and then Michael Ely. <laughs> Slight improvement. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, he be shade. <laughs> I mean, l- large improvement, man. Michael Ely, you know, is definitely one of my favorite actors. Like you brought him up on that sleeper other... cell. Sleeper, sleeper cell, cell. Is, is something you should check out. I've definitely binge watched a few of those one day, right. and, and it was mainly because of Michael Ely's acting. So shout out to Almost Human, shout out to Michael Ely. There weren't in term in all the Terminator series. There never were any black T models. T no. See, I'm wondering if maybe on the Sarah Connor Chronicles, I feel like there oh, might have been. Like Even that, was that they had a bunch of turn. You know what I mean? Oh, like, like just like, like crowd or, background, or, or just like one who got taken out really quick. <laughs> As usual, very usual, and I can't even remember. I watched that. I thought that was. I thought was that he wearing was a red be- shirt? I thought that was better than either of the last. No, he was two wearing Terminator black movies. skin. That's why he was the first <laughs> one to die. Not because he, he didn't need a red shirt. He didn't need a red shirt. Yeah, black skin does it, don't you know? Oh. All right. So, uh, yeah. Any Puerto Rican robots? Any Dominican robots? Any Let, Mexican robots? Let's ask the fan bros another question out there. You know, in addition to what would you name Man of Steel? What are are there any black, Puerto Rican, Spanish, Middle Eastern? See, Middle Eastern. You guys, this is going to inspire me to write a screenplay that involves robots of all different cultures. It's going to be dope. It's going to be called Night of Darkness, Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more fan bro. Yo, yo, what's up, y'all? This is me, DMC, and the place to be. When I'm. That's a blooper. Keep that one. <laughs> yo, yo, what's up, yo? This is me, DMC, and the place to be. And when I'm out on the road doing shows, the place for me is right here with the one and only Fan Bros, because they know how it goes. Yeah. And welcome back, Internet. I hope that break wasn't too long. It's time for my favorite segment of the week. But before I introduce that, I have to say one more time. What do you need to be doing right now? You need to be going to themidroll.com slash survey slash bros and fill that out. You like how I do that in that, like, um, what's that, like TV time or movie time voice? Yeah. Fill out the survey. Movie phone voice. Movie phone voice. Fill out the survey at themidroll.com slash survey slash bros. Press right now. for now. Yes. <laughs> and with that, since you've all stopped you you hit pause on this recording and you went and filled out that survey that's what you just did that's what you're doing right now see i gave you time to pause and now it's time for my favorite segment of the week comics i copped 
And uh, this week, that was some weak crowd sound. Yeah, man. yeah. I'll, I'll edit something better than that because this week, I'm actually, weak crowd sound might be perfect because um, Infinity, which I've been talking about, is coming to a close. I think uh, the last issue comes out in a couple of weeks. There's I've like, been one more issue of Avengers, and uh, New Avengers, the two sister titles. Everything's written by um, my man Hickman. I've been talking about it for a minute. Mm. <laughs> Wait. A you did like the mumble, like the guy from Family Guy, the old guy. Is that, that what he does? Mm-hmm. Even yeah. his dog makes that sound. Oh man, mm-hmm. Hickman! I, I mean, I love John. I, I I've been loving Avengers since it started. Since Hickman came on, I've been enamored with the title. Yeah, man. I, I, Why are you so exasperated? With- I, I I don't know how to describe it. It's you know, it's like it's one of these big crossovers where nothing really mattered, and you know, in the end of it all, the main villain of the crossover was there was two main villains. There was this alien race. The alien race got rubbed out after presenting like this monstrous threat for the first four issues. Then they just suddenly lose. You know, for no, there's no real reason they lose. They just lose. And then when they lose, they're like, well, now that you've beaten us, everything will die. And they die. (laughs) But it doesn't look like whatever is going to come to kill everything is going to happen in the next issue of Infinity. It's like that's going to happen maybe next year in the summer, you Uh. know, when the next crossover comes. And it's like, word. And now, so now the heroes have returned to Earth and they're battling the other main villain, who is Thanos and his... Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he got his henchmen on Earth with him. And his henchmen, they all look really cool. You know, they're all cool character designs and everything. But they've all gotten served now by the end of I'm the series. I'm going to say they're not doing nothing. No, they they got, ain't about that life. No, they're not about that life. They look cool, and then they get served. It's like every villain in this whole series is, like, built up to be this amazingly powerful thing. And then when, you know, when it's time for them to lose, they take that L with no, you know, it's like. So, yeah, man. Oh, man. Um. So are we supposed to be reading this? Because <laughs> you're not making you're not making the, the cause that, for that, me to be reading that's this. That's the problem. Like Infinity, like Avengers is one of my favorite books, but the Infinity crossover I've just been disappointed with. Um, in other comics, I cop news this week. Uh, Young Avengers, which is written by somebody else completely, uh, Kieran Gillen, I think is the artist, and which Mc- is so cute. And, I love it. Yeah, and McKen- uh, McKenzie is the author. They're actually, um, I probably butchered both of their names just now. I'm sorry because it's one of my favorite series and I don't have time to Google I don't it right think you, now. I think you should stop apologizing for butchering names. That You're the butcher of names. There we go. That's what I do. Young Avengers, the creators of the title and, uh, I mean, they've been writing it for its whole run. They're about to leave in like four more issues and they're wrapping up. It's not, you know, they're not being forced off or anything. They're wrapping up their storyline and it hurts bad. Mm. Like, I, I really, th- like, that's something I can recommend with no reservations. Everyone out there should be reading Young Avengers. I've talked about it before, Chico. It's yep. like the the way they use storytelling and panels mm-hmm. and everything is amazing. They created new villains. I got caught up in it in a, in a bookstore one day. I was yes. like, oh, oh yeah. this is interesting. So. Their villain is this is an evil alien parasite named Mother. Yeah. That's the main villain of the right. book. Yeah. And it's just, it's works on so many levels, you know, works as a teen, you know, story. As a coming of age story, as the Avengers, as kids trying to prove themselves, mm-hmm. the art's amazing, writing's amazing. I've been badgering them about coming on Fan Bros on Twitter, you know, so if everyone out there wants to hit them up and tell them they need to be on the show. And everyone, pick up Young Avengers, pick up the trades, get the completed story. Amazing work by them all. Um, also, real quick, last one this week, uh, Sex Criminals number three came out. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Oh, is that the criminals that stop time when they have sex? sex. Oh, did they reveal what happened? How, what was it? We trying to figure out how long time no, stops? No, no, that still hasn't been revealed. I, like oh. I say, I haven't gotten to this one yet, so I don't know, but I'm, 
that's a book that I'm mad that like I'm gonna have to, you know I read them online. I'm gonna have to go back and hunt them down because I have a bad feeling that this book's gonna get made into a TV series. Oh, crap. and like it's um, gonna be on Cinemax, Skinemax. Yeah, because yeah, at first I was like, there's no way they're gonna make a sex criminal, but this joint's been selling out everywhere. So I feel like it's about to. And Matt Fraction writes that he's a popular writer. Mm. Sounds like they should do a crossover with Chew. The jawbreaker issue. Um, yeah, and other uh, last bit of comics news. This is actually probably the biggest comics news. I can't believe we didn't mention this earlier. Um, AMC has greenlit the pilot for Preacher. Oh, is that true? This is true. What and what monster? Who who do they have playing? Because they're you know originally no. they were talking about Ben Affleck for to play Jesse <laughs> Custer. What? No, this is way back like five ten years ago. Jesus like, you know, Christ! I thought Ben Affleck as Batman was going. Right no, 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 no. This was to. like literally like five years ago. Even seven still, seven years ago. No, I know it's terrible. If you were mad out there about Ben Affleck being Batman, oh yeah, Ben Affleck as Jesse Custer would be. Not, Even if not, you've yeah. never read Preacher, you know, for those who don't know, Preacher is the story of Jesse Custer. He's a literally a preacher who gets the word of God put into them where he can tell people anything he says you you know obey. Jesse Custer runs into a, a vampire named I, Cassidy. Who's Irish, right? Right, exactly. An Irish vampire named Cassidy. Ah. He also battles the Saint of Killers. Yes. Who is a man walking around with two revolvers. There's angels, there's an insane God. It's one of the best collected series you can ever there's the 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 very the very inbred um descendant of jesus christ is also in it there's all he says is humper do there's a man named arse face who shot off his own face so it looks like an ass does this have a western theme to it like what's the what's the theme it's more modern out in texas it is modern but it is a western type of feel to it but it's very it's a lot of religion a lot of fantasy Mm. Um, it's written by Garth Ennis and by drawn by Garth Steve Dillon. They, yes. they did the whole thing. And Garth, yeah. and Garth Ennis is great. You know, he's had a, he's had some good ones and some bad ones, but Preacher might be his best. Like Preacher is phenomenal. The so, o- do we know who's in it or no? They just announced it. The only thing we know so far is that Seth Rogen might be producing it or is producing it. I think right, and that's causing some people for con- concern. That would right. make me concerned. Didn't yeah. he do um Kato? I mean, well, he did. Yeah, he was but green, didn't he actually produce green that Hornet. or direct Ooh. that? I don't think he directed. He, no, he it, would, no. but he played oh. the Green Hornet. Yeah, that uh, I know. He he did uh, produce. I think this is the end though, which was yes. pretty good from what I say. Preacher is completely different from any of that though. So we'll. I'm not going to, you know, it's AMC, so I'm trusting. Hopefully this turns out well. Preacher, look it up. Another great book. And with that, time for my second favorite segment of the week, Chico's Netflix Pick of the Week. So this week I wanted to uh, continue to delve into the rich vein of Ecuadorian filmmakers <laughs> that we've been discussing here on Fam Bros. And um, and Ecuadorian sci-fi filmmakers at that. Such um, a rich vein. Right. So Sebastian Cordero. Uh, yeah, oh, but the, the, the name of the movie is uh, The Europa Report, and um, Sebastian Cordero is an Ecuadorian filmmaker from Ecuador who's made his first two films in Ecuador. This is his first English-language film, and he made it in Brooklyn, even though it takes place uh, on the way to Europa, which is uh, one of the moons of uh, Jupiter, mm-hmm. and the ice moon, uh, mm-hmm. or a moon made of ice, and it's... Um, it's it, it's got an international cast. You'll recognize uh, Charlto Copley, who's been in a lot of things from District Nine to Old Boy, Old Boy to Elysium uh, to uh, you know uh, Europa Report, um, uh, among among <laughs> other uh, 
the five movies he's ever right. been. Daniel Wu. I mean, you, you, you've seen a lot of these people. Actually, uh, Neil Neil uh, Tyson DeGrasse. Neil Tyson DeGrasse is, uh, has a cameo as himself in Dope. it. Okay. Um, the guy who played the uh, councilman in The Wire, who said shit, yeah, uh, plays I, like a, a NASA or some some kind of. Does he uh, say shit? No, he doesn't. This is before Fan Bros, but I've actually seen him on a New York City subway train too. Right? Did you high five him? No. Was he who he was when you saw him? No, this was like this was recently, but it was like it's um it was one of the moments where I wasn't a hundred percent sure, and I didn't want to play myself, you know, like are you the guy? But he's also in this other movie where he plays a regular black guy, but he keeps making references to the wire in his movie. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it's, it's a <laughs> That's comedy. Kind of funny. You know, it's so funny because he keeps making. He's like, oh, but you didn't know I could do a. Uh, Great impersonation, of, but he doesn't do himself. He's like, I can do a great impersonation of Marlo right. from the hit HBO TV series The Wire. Does he hate, say the hit issue? Yes, it's, <laughs> yo, it is. It is like uh, I can't remember. A fan bros out there. Someone has seen this movie. It's about like real estate or something. It's a comedy, and he's in it. It's a great little joint. Comedies about real estate. I don't know if those are ever going to make it on the Netflix pick of the week. <laughs> nah. Wow. But uh, so wait, back to the Europa Report. So this is a movie that's uh, similar to Apollo 18, or might I even say Not Gravity? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You just you just compared it to a great movie, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's somewhere in between. It's 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 (laughs) it's found footage, which is an interesting concept. You know, it's found footage of a trip where something went wrong, and they're trying to figure out what went wrong. And the footage is all from you know uh, from from the spaceship. And there's a mystery, and something happens, and uh, it also actually reminded me a little bit of a movie called Sunshine, directed by Danny Peary, that I thought is the most underrated sci-fi movie of the last, like, you know, five or ten What's years. What's that one? Sunshine. Um, it's uh, about basically a crew of people are out to, they have to, like, re-jumpstart the sun, or, like, the universe is going to die. And it, so it's why are we talking really about Europe report if because Sunshine's Sunshine is- not on not Netflix. on Netflix and uh, you know I'm trying to trying trying to highlight the uh, you know the Latin brothers out there making making okay, movies okay um, and Step so again, your rap Se- game up Netflix Sebe- yeah Sebastian Sebastian Cordero uh, Europa report and uh, I you know New York Times liked it right. as as did I. Hey. So uh, you you two will like it out there. <laughs> They're not USA Today, at least. Right, yeah, no, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bow, 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 no. Bow. Shots fired. So, uh, you know, I could keep going. I could keep, I could keep going. Nah, I think more, that's enough. Uh, more, more picks? Or, yeah, yeah, or Europa can, Report. We're right, Europa different. Report, Sebastian Cordero, Netflix pick of the week. All right, cool. And while you're figuring that out, make sure you go over to our survey at themidroll.com slash survey slash bros. Fill it out. Help me avoid the shark tank. The sharks are getting hungry. Yeah, and I don't want to end up as bait. I'm just going to watch <laughs> with popcorn. The, the love <laughs> is not on this show, so give us some love. Go to themidroll.com slash survey slash bros. Fill it out. And with that, thank you. God bless you and good night. Peace. You really got to stop biting off the Russell Simmons. Yeah, I know. Fan bros. Fan bros.